0: Chapter 13 of The Toxin of Revolt and Other Essays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The Toxin of Revolt and Other Essays by Brenda Matthews. Chapter 13 The Modernity of Moliere. This address was delivered in April 1922 at a meeting of the American Academy of Arts and Letters, commemorating the 300th anniversary of the work of Moliere and honored by the presence of two representatives of the Académie Française. Monsieur Donnet and Monsieur Chevrion have come 3,000 miles to take part in our tribute to the genius of a man who was born 300 years ago our invitation and their crossing of the atlantic bear witness to the fact that the fame of moliere is both enduring and world-wide no one of the makers of french literature is more typically more fundamentally french than he and yet here in a city almost unknown and absolutely unimportant three centuries ago we are today assembled to do him honour and to acclaim him as the master of modern comedy he was not only a man of his own country he was a man of his own time in the early years of the long reign of louis XIV, he came a little later than corneille and a little earlier than racine and neither of them is as representative of that glittering epoch as moliere and yet half a dozen or half a score of his thirty plays are alive to-day in all the freshness of their eternal youth he is not for his own country alone but for all civilization and he was not for his own age only but for ours also to say this is to say that he possesses the two indispensable qualities of a classic his masterpieces have a large measure of permanence and a large measure of universality i have studied him lovingly for half a century and as i came to a more intimate acquaintance with his writings and to a keener appreciation of the man himself i felt more and more the modernness of his work no doubt it bears unmistakably the impress of his own time all masterpieces do that of course those of sophocles and shakespeare no less than those of moliere yet he is more modern than the great greek tragedian who lived two thousand years ago and more modern even than the great englishman who wrote both comedies and tragedies and who died only six years before the great frenchman was born the great spaniard calderon survived moliere eight years and his plays seem to us almost archaic in their stagecraft and in their spirit whereas the comedies of moliere are modern both in their form and in their content the modernity of his form is obvious enough and he is the master of modern comedy not only because he realized better than any predecessor in any country what the true province of comedy was and what were its possibilities and its limitations but also because he wrote for the modern playhouse with its roof with its artificial lighting with its scenery with its seated spectators the pattern he devised for this modern playhouse is the pattern employed by the playwrights of every european language even though they may be totally unaware of the debt they owe to him shakespeare's plays have to be modified to adjust themselves to our theatres moliere's do not demand any rearrangement not a single transposition nor a single omission sheridan could not have plotted the school for scandal if moliere had not plotted the misanthrope and the femme savante ibsen could not have put together the league of youth and the pillars of society if moliere had not devised tartuffe he had profited by his early study of plautus and terence as they had profited by their study of menander but the greek and the two latins in their turn had progressed only to the play of intrigue the comedy of anecdote they were not equipped to achieve the comedy of manners the comedy of character the social drama the play which while it makes us laugh also makes us think. their field was narrowly restricted and the hampering conditions of the social organization in athens and in rome did not tempt them indeed did not permit them to achieve a large and liberal treatment of human nature shakespeare as it happened never undertook the comedy of manners which is also a comedy of character perhaps because his social background did not supply the material for this special type of comedy the london of the virgin queen lacked the urbanity of the paris of the grand monarch elizabethan society was boisterous in speech and violent in temper and therefore no one of shakespeare's ever delightful comedies sometimes delicately romantic and sometimes robustly farcical is a picture of the life of his own time and of his own country moliere in four or six of his amplest and deepest comedies brings before us his own contemporaries as he had observed them in the city of his birth it was these contemporaries that moliere had to please if he was to keep his theatre open And this is what every great dramatist has had to do sophocles no less than shakespeare we can see that moliere took account of what was wanted by the parisians of the second half of the seventeenth century by the young king by the burghers and by the populace also he gave them what they expected from him and also more than they expected sometimes even more than they were ready to receive leading his audiences upward coaxing them along skilfully stimulating their desires he was able at last to rise to a level to which no earlier comic dramatist had aspired great dramatists have always been popular in their own day true it is that they may not have been adequately appreciated while they were alive but they were successful none the less i doubt whether even ben jonson with all his friendship for shakespeare was really aware of his friend's true greatness and i feared that of all moliere's associates only boileau and La Fontaine were keen-eyed enough to measure his superiority but there is no denying that shakespeare and moliere were popular favourites and that the playgoers flocked gladly to see their plays performed this immediate popularity of theirs was due in a measure to their skill in hitting the taste and in satisfying the likings of their contemporaries although of course their permanent fame could be assured only by their major merits by their power of creating characters which are eternally attractive because they are eternally voracious moliere did not hesitate to amuse his audiences with satire of passing fads and follies with things strictly contemporary with things absolutely up-to-date now it is the disadvantage of the contemporary that it is four parts temporary as it is the disadvantage of the up-to-date that it is swiftly out-of-date it is a striking testimony to moliere's genius that his satire of the whims and oddities of his own period has its lesson for us in another century and in another country what was fleeting and momentary is only on the surface and beneath it we can discover a veracity as abiding as human folly is perennial the fashion has altered and not a little but the stuff is the same since it is woven from the unfailing absurdity of human nature the affectations that moliere held up to scorn in the precieuse ridicule in france are not unlike those which we laugh at today in america in the culture club of keokuk iowa for example and in other clubs not so far from manhattan island the learned ladies the femmes savantes of manhattan island are not now cultivating the garden of greek roots they are digging up the roots of society they are parlor anarchists they are little groups of serious thinkers who pride themselves on being open-minded not having discovered the inconvenience of a mind open at both ends the imaginary invalid to-day is a morbid student of psychoanalysis making a collection of his own fraudulent complexes and tartuffe well our tartuffes do not masquerade as religious bigots rather are they moral reformers damning the sins they have no mind to reformers for revenue only as dangerous to the public welfare to-day as was tartuffe in his time what is scapin but a proof before letters of the chief figure in our crook place what is the unscrupulous valet who befools monsieur de poursoniac but the first edition of our confidence operator our banco-steerer if i may venture to employ these unsavoury neologisms in the presence of two members of the french academy my sole excuse for this lapse from linguistic propriety is my wish to emphasise the fact that moliere is our contemporary after all that he is quite up to date two centuries and a half since he died moliere is important to us here in america not only because of the pleasure and the profit we can find in the performance of his plays and in their perusal if we are denied the benefit of seeing them acted he is important to us not only because he is the master of modern comedy but also because he is the chief figure in french literature because he united in himself certain of the chief characteristics of that literature its dramatic ingenuity and its abhorrence of affectation its relish for the concrete and its social instinct it is good for us to see these characteristics in action and the lesson moliere has for us transcends the limitations of literature while there may be a more soaring imagination a more easily released energy in english literature in both its branches british and american than there is in french literature there is a far less persistent application of the reasoning powers a less free play of the intelligence less sobriety and less sanity more exuberance and more extravagance the french inherited from the classics a sense of form a desire for unity of tone for harmony of colour for logic in structure and for lucidity in style if carlyle and ruskin and whitman had sat at the feet of the masters of french literature they would have been less impatient of authority less flagrantly individualistic less rhetorically riotous though they might have lost a little they would have gained much nizar knew his countrymen when he asserted that in france reason which is the common bond of all men is more highly esteemed than imagination which disperses them and isolates them we have gathered here today to listen to the addresses of our two guests from across the sea and to pay tribute to a great frenchman and we have also a larger purpose to testify to our appreciation of french literature as a whole and to our admiration and affection for the french people here in america we are not likely ever to forget the indebtedness we are under to france for coming to our rescue in our hour of need nearly a century and a half ago that debt is a debt of honour and it is not outlawed by time nor can we fail to remember that it was a frenchman rousseau who inspired the superb eloquence of the declaration of independence and that it was another frenchman montesquieu Whose political sagacity guided the makers of our constitution? The tie that binds us to France is twisted of many strands of many colors, but we have reason to believe that it is strong enough to withstand any strain that may be put upon it. 1922. End of chapter 13.